This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, January 28th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Government reopens. Dairy at top of agenda. WASDE on schedule. Plant-based milk deadline. And Wheeler vote set. Departments and agencies come back to life. A host of departments and agencies critical to U.S. agriculture, including USDA, FDA, EPA, and the Interior Department, all coming back to life today with the end of the five-week partial government shutdown. The employees returning to work will have a big backlog of work on their hands. Some major regulatory actions announced before the shutdown have yet to be formally posted in the Federal Register an action necessary for agencies to move forward with development and implementation of rules. Among those delayed rules, the administration's proposed new Waters of the U.S. rule, which would redefine what wetlands, streams, and ditches are regulated under the Clean Water Act. A public hearing on that Waters proposal was supposed to be held last week, but had to be postponed. Meanwhile, USDA will be restarting work that was halted just as it was beginning on the implementation of the new farm bill. The National Milk Producers Federation on Friday called on USDA to move as quickly as possible to implement the newly overhauled dairy program called Dairy Market Coverage. A USDA spokesman said DMC will be a priority for Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue. USDA plans to release February WASDE on schedule. Another major priority at USDA will be to get the World Agriculture Supply and Demand Estimate Report out on schedule February 8th, government sources are telling AgriPulse. The January report was canceled due to the shutdown. Other reports like crop production will also be coming out, but specific dates have not yet been set according to sources. USDA has failed to produce dozens of reports that farmers and ranchers depend on for market information since the government shutdown began on December 22nd. But none was missed more than WASDE, according to Veronica Nye, an economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation. She said in a blog post the report would have contained updated expectations on supply and use for grains, oilseeds, and cotton for the 2017-18 marketing year for both the U.S. and international markets. While the industry probably has a good handle on the U.S. numbers at this point in the marketing year, foreign production and demand is a different story. Plant-based milk comment deadline is today. Groups and individuals who have yet to submit comments on whether plant-based liquids can be labeled as milk have until the end of today to make their views known. Last September, Commissioner Scott Gottlieb said the comments would help FDA develop draft guidance to provide greater clarity on appropriate labeling of plant-based alternatives. The agency already has received more than 12,000 comments, but about 3,600 comments that have come in since the shutdown began have not yet been posted online. U.S.-Mexican tariffs could permanently erode U.S. exports. Mexicans are still eating U.S. pork, but American pork producers are having to eat Mexico's tariffs on their exports. Dermot Hayes, a professor and economist at Iowa State University, says that's not sustainable. Mexico is collecting a 20% tariff on U.S. pork in retaliation for U.S. steel and aluminum tariffs. 
U.S. producers are absorbing that tax by offering steep discounts to make up for it and to keep trade flowing, Hayes told AgriPulse. The bottom line, the tariffs represent a near-term loss of about $12 per annual for U.S. producers. But in the long term, the U.S. will simply lose the market, he said. We don't have a 20% cost advantage over Mexican producers, Hayes said. So if the tariffs stay around much longer, Mexico will expand production and we'll have to downsize. Wheeler nomination set to move. The Senate Environment and Public Works Committee will vote February 5th on Andrew Wheeler's nomination to be EPA Administrator. Wheeler has been serving as acting head of the agency since July. After Wheeler's hearing before the committee January 16th, Chairman John Barrasso of Wyoming said he would leave time for members to seek answers to written questions. The bottom line? Wheeler is likely to be confirmed by the committee, which has 11 Republicans and 10 Democrats, despite strong concerns expressed by EPW ranking member Tom Carper and other Democrats. They don't think Wheeler is pursuing a more moderate agenda than predecessor Scott Pruitt. Another Lancet Commission calls for global treaty to combat big food. A commission on obesity organized by the British medical journal, The Lancet, calls for a global treaty to limit the political influence of big food and the redirection of $5 trillion in government subsidies away from harmful products and towards sustainable alternatives. The Obesity Commission calls the global interplay of obesity, undernutrition, and climate change a global pandemic that is the greatest threat to human and planetary health affecting most people in every country and region. A pandemic is a combination of two or more concurrent sequential epidemics. The commission says the consumption of red meat could be reduced through taxes, health and environmental labeling, and social marketing. John Newton, chief economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation, calls the report another misguided attempt to deter the critical progress being made in agriculture systems and technology, progress that is essential if we are to provide for the world in the 21st century. Newton said we need to focus on research and innovation in agriculture to improve the ability of plants and livestock to grow in adverse conditions, efficiently use resources, and improve biofortification and delivery of nutrients. Worth watching, coupled with another report released January 16th, the latest report from Lancet will be used to support a global campaign to transform the agricultural system to de-emphasize consumption of red meat and promote plant-based alternatives. That's a campaign that could pit some ag groups against one another. Stoked about hemp. Some farmers are getting buzzed about industrial hemp now that the 2018 Farm Bill has legalized its commercial production. But many states will still have to rewrite their laws. There are nine states, including Iowa, where hemp is still listed as a controlled substance under state law. National Hemp Association Chairman Michael Bowman, a.k.a. Mr. Hemp, says if the individual states get the policy right, the industry should be off to a good start. He said, we've returned this back to an agriculture crop. We're still going to have some state permits and oversight, but the federal government said we're out of it, making the states decide. A panel of hemp growers and policy experts shared advice on the do's and don'ts for interested growers at the Land Investment Expo in Des Moines last Friday. What to watch? 
A provision of the Farm Bill makes hemp eligible for crop insurance. The availability of those policies will provide confidence to farmers, bankers. He said it. 800,000 federal employees went without pay for over a month, and at the end of it all, we failed to fix border security and are continuing crisis governance. This is insane. A frustrated Representative Michael Gallagher of Wisconsin on his Twitter feed. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, January 28th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.